0: You can find out more on my website, SusanKMasias.com backslash finding-home. Hey friend, we're going to tackle a tough question today. How do we survive in our empty nest when we sit here looking at promises that God never fulfilled? That's a tough question that a lot of times, you know, if we're going to be talking to our Christian friends, we don't want to ask because it would look like we don't have any faith. But let's ask and answer that question today. I'm so glad you found the We're Not Done Yet podcast, a special place for emptiness moms who are trying to find out what Jesus wants them to do next. I'm Susan Macias, author of the book Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, and the devotional 31 Days Praying for My Daughter. Sister, the Lord places special calls on this emptiness stage of our life, so let's help each other figure out what to do next, because... We're not done yet. So, the title of today's podcast is Surviving the Empty Nest When God Doesn't Keep His Promise. Does the title surprise you, shock you? We don't usually talk that way. You know, to our Christian friends, we don't want to talk like we don't have faith or we don't trust the Lord. But let's be honest and say sometimes we can look at our circumstances about things that have happened with our our families or our homes or our kids or our jobs or our marriages or our friendships or any of those things and think, God, where are you? The good news is that all of these hard questions that we can ask, the word addresses. I love that the Bible does not back away from hard questions and that we can go to it and we can ask hard questions. So today we're asking, okay, what happens when we don't see God answering his promises. He's not fulfilling what he said. And this is where we go straight away. We're going to spend most of our time in Hebrews 11 today. It's one of my favorite chapters. And it's very clear that this one is about faith. It starts about faith. And the whole chapter is called the hall of faith because it's a bunch of examples of people who walked in faith Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So it's stuff that's not yet seen. I mean, is that just giving God an out? Or is that because there's more to the story? There's a lot of promises that God gives that we see in scripture that are fulfilled, but we also see the example that they're not fulfilled for a long time. Abraham and Sarah are A barren couple, they are called out of their land where they are and told to go to this promised land where they will begin a nation of people. But from the time they get that promise till it is fulfilled, it's 25 years. I mean, that's an entire generation. If they had had a baby right away, they would have an adult having more children. And yet they're just beginning to have this promise of a family fulfilled. And it would be 60 more years before they even see a grandchild. Um, Isaac doesn't get married until he's 40. And then they have 20 years of barrenness. And so he's 60 before they have their twins. That's a long time. It's the promised land to a promised people. And the people is barely getting started almost 100 years into the story. And they don't get that promised land right away. They the promise of it, but there's hundreds of years from the time they get the promise until Joshua leads them back to take possession is approximately 470 years. Now I got that number. I've looked a lot through scripture. It can be hard to track all those years, but I found a great chart from a church um, called Harps Crossing Baptist Church. I think it's in Arkansas or something, but I found the wonder of the internet, this incredible chart they had. And I will put a link to that in the show notes because it's fascinating to look at how all those years add up. But we're talking hundreds of years before they're getting to the promised land, which by the way, when they get there, they still have to fight for it. Yet scripture assures us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, okay, let me stop right there. As Susan understands slowness, the Lord might look slow to keep His promises, but He's not. Okay, let's go back to Scripture. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, as we are looking forward to God coming back, and we just, you know, the older I get, the more I'm looking forward to it, but. I may not see all those promises right now. And right before that verse in 2 Peter 3, 8, it explains why. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. I measure time based upon the globe that I live on, which is not a very big part of the universe, right? I measure years by how the earth travels around the sun. That is not the only way to measure time. And I'm pretty sure God's measurement of time is drastically different. So, how does that affect our empty nest? We get to a place where we thought we were living our life in ways to see certain outcomes with our kids, to see things that we thought would be happening around us, and they're not. The empty nest can just feel empty, it can feel disappointing. This was not how life was supposed to work out. In episode 26, I talk about redefining the emptiness so that we look at it differently. But even when we put different words to it, it still can feel empty. But here's what I've learned that has changed how I view all that. I am not going to see all of God's promises here, which doesn't mean that I don't believe he will fulfill every one. But like I said, like I look at time based upon the earth, but that is not all the time there is. My lifetime is not all the time there is for God to fulfill his promises to me. Where do I get that? Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, back in Hebrews 11, as as the first part of Hebrews 11 goes through a bunch of the the old patriarchs of the faith and the lessons of the people that walked with God early on, and comes to this in verse 13. Right here off the top, we get it. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. What? Wait, what? They didn't receive everything that was promised. God doesn't keep his promises? But let's keep going. But having seen them, the promises, and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. And if they had been thinking of that land from which they'd gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. We're strangers and aliens here, and there's this whole other city coming up, a whole other land, a whole other time scheme. And that is the stretch from the beginning of creation until God fulfilling everything in his eternity that he has to fulfill his promise. In Hebrews 11, 39 through 40, now we're at the end of Hebrews 11, and we've just gone through all of the now New Testament people who have suffered for Jesus. They have laid down their lives to live in faith. And in 39, it says again, and all these, though commended through their faith, I mean, they lived faithful lives, did not receive what was promised. I mean, God's just not making a claim that we're always going to see what's promised. Why? Verse 40 Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. The Lord's plan, newsflash, isn't just about me. I'm sorry, sister, it's not just about you either. He's not done. His plan is still unfolding and every promise is sure, even when his timing is very, very different. So if my not seeing a promise fulfilled now means that someone else is going to have the opportunity to be drawn into the kingdom, then I'm going to have to wait. I mean, I'm not going to claim that I will never... Complain, or I will always be patient, but I'm going to let him have that time. Not that he needs my permission, but I'm going to look at these things. I have to tell myself to look at these things in his perspective and in his timetable. I want to wait and look for his fulfillment, even if I see that that fulfillment is something I'm going to have to see and greet from afar. It's way off in the future. Not going to happen in my lifetime, but going to happen in God's plan because my lifetime is not all the time that God is working in. Okay, so I'm just going to give you some last verses about waiting. And this is where I'll end. And these will all be in my show notes if you want to go and find these references later. Psalm twenty-seven, thirteen and 14, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 62, 1, for God alone, my soul waits in silence from him comes my salvation. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word, I hope, not in my circumstances, but in his word. Isaiah 25, 9, and it will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. And finally, Romans eight twenty four through 25. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And I wait with you too, sister. As we wait and look for God to do all he's going to do now through eternity, let's be faithful in him. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, SusanKMasias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet.